Good morning, everybody. Um, for those kids that are in here, we have kids space. If you want to head uh, to the back, then uh, some of the leaders are there. There is also a parent and baby room um, uh, for those with very young children, which is down around to the uh, right there. Uh, just as the kids leave, um, mo most people will know this, but uh, we'll, we'll share it. And obviously, we want to pray for the family that uh, uh, John Rob uh, passed away uh, there on, uh, on, th on Thursday night. Uh, and John uh, and his wife, Rosemary, who, who passed away in 2019, very faithful members of this church from uh, 1982. Uh, the, the family were telling me yesterday and stuff. So uh, Stephen, who he was John's son, obviously attends our church. And Jack, who is John's grandson, attends this church as well, as well as the rest of the, the, the family. That, uh, obviously, John, losing John is a massive loss and stuff. The funeral is going to be from here on Tuesday at 11.30. Uh, so 11.30 here on, on Tuesday. And obviously the family have extended an invitation to anybody who would like to attend uh, to join them uh, with that. But I'm just going to take a moment just to pray uh, for the family uh, just at this time. Uh, Father, we come before you today. We thank you for the life and the testimony and the witness of John Robb. Thank you that he was a faithful member of uh, this church for many, many years. Uh, and Father, we thank you, Father, that, that his faith and his trust was in you. And Father, as we come today, Father God, we know that uh, we describe that, that he, we know he's in a better place, but we know he's absent today from his family that are heavy-hearted, that are broken-hearted, that are grieving today. And we pray for them today. We pray for the family, for, the, for John's children, for Stephen and Julie and the grandsons and all the rest of the grandchildren, all the rest of the family at this time. Would you draw close to them? Would you be their comfort at this time, Father God? Uh, would, you, would you be all that they need, Father, as they come to do what we have to do on Tuesday? So we pray for them today as a church, Father God, for they were part of the church family here for many, many years, and we thank you for their faithfulness. And Father, we just pray for the family today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And on Tuesday, we need some help. If you can help us in a couple of ways, um, we are providing the refreshments after uh, the service. So if, if you can make some sandwiches uh, and either drop them down or we could come and collect them. Uh, and, or we need uh, some people to help serve as well. So if you're free on Tuesday uh, and then the, from, from sort of 11.30 till half one and stuff. There was only going to be one sitting. Uh, that got what they're going to do because the graveside committee is Lisbon. They're going to do the service and then the refreshments and then go on to uh, the graveside so there'll be sort of a couple of hours if people are free on Tuesday you can let me know at the door and thank you for those people who have already let me know uh, and, and stuff so we'll, 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 we'll do that thank you uh, just a couple of other announcements uh, tonight uh, this evening service is half past six we're delighted that the pastor Calvin Orcote is coming to speak uh, this evening he's coming to speak uh, tonight he's uh, I was going to say he's famous for the Orcote children that all come to our, to our church and stuff and they've well warned him about how long he can preach for 
Noah is on the laptop tonight, so he's in control of the time and everything. So uh, we're delighted that Calvin's coming. He's a very good dear friend, both to me and to the church as well. We're going to be praying beforehand uh, from uh, half past five uh, till 6.15. You can drop in uh, any time. You don't have to come and pray for the 45 minutes, but you can drop in any time, in any time just to come uh, and pray. Uh, as we come uh, this week, there's some of the stuff that's happening. Last Tuesday evening, we started a teaching series on the Holy Spirit. We, we had a great night. We, we, it, we, we, we did some teaching and then uh, we just prayed and there was just a lovely sense of the presence of God. And, and listen, you, you missed out if you weren't here. I'm just simple as that like we encourage you to come along and stuff on Tuesday evening if you're able to to come along here because it's part two uh, this and this sorry this Tuesday uh, evening uh, uh, next one is uh, we are doing a stationary project we've done this before we're just helping families out with the stationary cost of sending kids back to school uh, has escalated it costs a fortune we, we love to help people and so Rebecca Hughes has organised a stationary project where we've got a ton of stationery and we just want to bless uh, different families that we are working with and stuff. So they're going to drop in on uh, Wednesday, anytime between 9 and 3. Uh, there are a couple of ways you can help. You can help by donating some stationery if you, if, you, if you would like to do that or you can volunteer to give up an hour on Wednesday to come down and help. Uh, would you please see Rebecca Hughes for, for more info, maybe give her uh, your name. The last time we did this, we were able to help, I think nearly, I think it was 58 families, which is amazing, uh, you know, for, for a, small, uh, a smaller church like ours, just what people gave us and things like that. So we're delighted uh, that way uh, and stuff. So, and the next one is uh, on Saturday, uh, Helping Hands is the missionary organization that we support uh, in the Philippines, which we have done for many, many years. Uh, so uh, Claire Henderson, who heads that up, has been here to speak many times. We've sent quite a few teams out to the Philippines. And uh, once a year, as it comes up to Christmas, we, we would have sent the shoeboxes out there for the kids. We would have done. But we raised some money uh, that we can give to them. And from COVID, it's been easier for us to send them the money. And they get the stuff out there. And they send us the photos and the videos of the kids opening everything on Christmas morning. What we would like to do this time is because Claire is coming here to preach on Sunday, September the 10th. Uh, we wanted to have a coffee morning to raise some money uh, for Helping Hand so we can sort of present her uh, with the money on the night that she's here uh, preaching. So we're going to do this coffee morning this Saturday morning between 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock. A couple of things you can help us with. If you can do any baking or, you know, any cakes, buns, anything like that and you would like to donate them to us so we can sell them on Saturday morning uh, please could you let me know uh, we would like you to come along as well if you're free on Saturday morning drop in for a cup of tea and and basically buy your buns back you know I mean that's uh, it's great and it? like you had a great fundraising idea you give us a buns and you buy them back uh, you know so uh, so we would like you to come along and do that and if you can help us quite a few people have offered to help uh, then then please we'll let you know this week what we're doing and stuff we're going to be showing a video of helping hands tonight just the work that they do and there'll not be a dry eye in the house do you know what I mean so then it'll be just to give you an idea of what they do why we support them and that and the final thing is there's a lot of notices 
Um, we're going to run another Next Steps course. Uh, uh, Stevie Osborne heads this up. It's going to run for three weeks, uh, for starting the 20th of August, just before church on the Sunday evening. And the Next Steps really runs through the basics of the Christian faith, the reading the Bible, the praying, coming to church. And, it, and it's not just for those who are newly saved or those who have made that decision recently. It's simply for anybody who just sort of would like to sort of understand the basics maybe a bit more and stuff. So it only runs for three Sunday nights, uh, 5.30 to 6.15, and Stevie heads it up. If you're interested in doing that, uh, would you either let me know or, or let Stevie know who's at the back there that you're interested in doing this. Starts on the 20th of August. I think that's all the notices, quite a few there to get through uh, and stop, but we want to get into the word now, so I'm going to pray uh, and then we'll get into the word. Father, we thank you as you gather in your house with your people today, Lord. Thank you for the worship as we've come around the table and we've remembered. Father, we ask once again, as we do every Sunday, that you would uh, bless the word by your spirit, Father, if you have something to say to us, for it's a living word, that, Father, it would be what you would want to say to the people today, Lord. And so we thank you for that as we look once again at this, the power of don't, of what you have encouraged us not to do, but to the things you have encouraged us to do. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a phrase here in Northern Ireland. Um, we don't say it in England, possibly because the English are quite wise anyway. No, okay. Um, <laughs> so we say wise up, don't we? See, when somebody says something that you just think is a bit daft or a bit... Uh, the phrase, uh, one of the many phrases uh, I came to understand after coming here from England and stuff, when somebody would say, act wise up, almost like somebody had said something daft or something that you just sort of, you know, didn't make sense and stuff. And today we're going to look at the whole idea of wisdom uh, when we talk about the power of don't, uh, because wisdom is essential for us not just in, uh, as, as, it, it's essential for us in our Christian lives, that actually we need wisdom. But we need to understand what it is first as far as, because it's so important uh, for us. And so I'm going to give three descriptions of what wisdom is uh, before we get into the reading, the verses today. The first one is this, wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, right or lasting. Being wise is that way. A danger sometimes is we think of wisdom uh, as something, an old man with a beard, a Gandalf type figure from Lord of the Rings who would possess wisdom. Or we would think they would be a wise sort of person. I often say this to people that actually wisdom, much like maturity, has nothing to do with age. That actually sometimes you meet people who are young uh, and they're full of wisdom and meet people who are old and they're no wisdom at all uh, and, and so therefore wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true right or lasting the second description knowledge can exist without wisdom but wisdom cannot exist without knowledge because wisdom is the application of knowledge it's taking something that you've known. We have not become a wiser people because we have become more intelligent and knowledgeable in 2023. There would be nobody who would agree with that. We seem to now do the most obscure, daftest things based on knowledge. It hasn't made us any wiser. So knowledge can exist without wisdom, but wisdom cannot exist without knowledge. I read a story by Henry Ford, who obviously created Ford Motors. And he asked the electrical genius, Charlie Steinmark, to build 
the generators for his factory. One day, the generators ground to a halt and the repairmen couldn't find the problem. So he phoned up this fellow, Charlie, and said, you know, listen, I need some help here, that nobody can figure out what is wrong. And so Steinmarch, Charlie Steinmarch, tinkered with the machines for a few hours, and then he threw the switch, and everything started working again. Of course, Henry Ford was delighted to get the production line back on, but he wasn't so delighted when he got a bill for $10,000 from Steinmarch. Flabbergasted, uh, rather tight-fisted, car dealer Henry Ford sort of phoned him and said you know oh, why is it so expensive you just literally flicked a switch you literally just turned a button and you charged me ten thousand dollars Steinmarch replied with this he, he, he says for tinkering with the generators and look at it he says it was just ten dollars but having the wisdom to know which button to press to turn it back on that's nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars and of course Ford paid the bill then because it was just a wisdom to know which button to push. Wisdom is essential for a meaningful and godly life. It is the application of the knowledge gained through the word. We're going to read some verses in Proverbs 4, uh, 5 to 9. And once again, as we mentioned in the, the passage last week in Proverbs 3, this is a father, King David, giving advice to his son Solomon. And he's encouraging him in the pursuit of wisdom. A father's advice to his son about the life that he needs to live. He says, King David, he said, listen, above all else, get wisdom. Get, be wise in what you're doing. And, and he says these words to him. He says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, understand. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honour you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. The book of Proverbs is often called the book of wisdom because as you read it, you can draw wisdom from your life and that really is the, the theme of it. Because in writing it, the, the writer understands that what we need to live our life, particularly if we want to live a meaningful and godly life, is we need wisdom. And it's living life as God intended us to be. From the outset, we see in 1 verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. As he looks out over life, much like we would do today, we would still see that that would be true. That actually people want to become more knowledgeable and more intelligent and increase their intellect. But it doesn't actually increase their wisdom or their instruction or their understanding. In chapter 3 before the one that we read, he gives this advice to his son which is key in the verse. It says, my son do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion they will be life for you. The culture and the world we live in today, as I've said, we need knowledge and understanding more than ever, don't we? Wisdom, as David encourages Solomon, in the pursuit of wisdom, it's not something that necessarily will drop into his lap. It's actually something he must pursue. It must be something that actually, as he faces every difficult decision or choice that has to be made is looking for the wisdom to know which is the right thing to do 
And we know as you've read the book of Proverbs, it, it contrasts the wise with the foolish. It tells us one of the reasons we're doing this Power of Don't series is for this, because it tells us the things that we, we, we don't need to do when we see the do not. But it gives us the alternative when it says this is what you must do. When we looked last week, it says do not lean on your own understanding. And, and that was the negative, but the positive was trust in the Lord. And all the way through this do not series, this is giving us the alternative here. You know, see, well, when it comes to making mistakes, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes and everybody does things wrong. But the wise simply learn from their mistakes, don't they? From the things that we do wrong, we learn. The foolish are those that simply make that mistake again and keep repeating the mistake over and over again and so here he gives him two do nots in this and and this helps us today he says the first one is this he says he says do not forget the description I, I, I read which I thought is very suited for this it was to fail to hold in the mind which is a description of forgetting something to fail to hold in the mind we all forget something, don't we? We all forget whether it be dates or whether it be something we have to do. And we all have a regret instantly because we've forgotten to do something or we've forgotten to say something or we've forgotten to be somewhere or forgotten to make that call or send that message. But that thought here, it fits so well in the spiritual sense where it says to fail to hold in the mind, almost to keep it at the forefront of everything that's going on in your life. Do not forget wisdom. Do not forget uh, the, the wise, the wisdom that you need in your life. And again, he gives him the second one when he says, do not forsake. And that simply means in this sense to abandon or, or to desert something, just to give up something. Do not forsake and do not forget. But then he makes a strange statement there in this passage because he asks, he says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Just get wisdom. I mean, when you think about that, I thought it's a bit of a strange statement, isn't it? He said, you're waiting for something incredibly profound from uh, David as he writes this to his son. He says, what's the beginning of wisdom? He says, well, well get it. Well, he says, well, that's the first thing, just get it. You know, whatever you need, whatever you have to do, just get wisdom. Get, get wisdom because it's a thing that helps you make the decisions and the choices that you face in life. But it actually, he describes it as something that must be sought, something that you must seek above all things, almost a reward for those who diligently seek it and pay a price for it. I mean, wisdom is essential when it comes to making choices that we have to make in life, isn't it? Because we have to look at the decisions that are placed before us. We have to look at the consequences of those decisions. And often, sometimes decisions are difficult to make because they're, they're not all right and wrong. They often can be right and good or right and right and so that's where wisdom comes in because wisdom helps us to apply the knowledge of God's word and what God wants us to do when it comes to wisdom uh, and the word get here has a sense to buy or to purchase to acquire something through a financial transaction and it's like David is saying is listen get wisdom whatever you have to do get wisdom 
You know, get that in your life because it's more important than anything else. It's more important than the money that you can acquire, the fame that people can acquire, the splendor that they can acquire, all of the other stuff that goes on. Uh, David just uh, simply says to his son, this is the most important thing. Get wisdom. Almost like if you've got to pay for it, if you've got to buy it, it's going to cost you something, uh, but it's worth it. There is a price to pay to know God's truth and obey it. And so though it needs to be sought and pursued, he says once we get it, he says we have to work to, to keep it. It's not something that we get and that's ours for life then. We constantly have to keep making wise decisions based on the application of God's word. And, and, and it's why David is writing this to Solomon. He's simply saying it's no good saying, well, you know what? 15 years ago, I made a wise decision. Or, or 20 years ago, you know, I got wisdom. It says actually wisdom is something that is ever done in people's lives daily because they're reading and looking at God's word and asking God, you know, God, listen, I need not just the knowledge of your word, but the wisdom, the application of that knowledge so I can live the best life that I can for you while I'm here based on the decisions I'm making. But I'm making those decisions based on your word. You see, it's possible, and Solomon proves this in his life, to have wisdom for a time and then to turn away from it, to make foolish decisions, to simply say, you know, look, I, I don't want to live that way anymore, or make a decision. And with every decision, as we know, we reap the consequences of that decision. And so that's why wisdom here is something that is not just sought after, it, when it's acquired, it's not something that is permanently ours. It's something that we must keep after we attain it. And you see, King David taught Solomon well. He shared the lessons he had learned. Experience is a wonderful thing, isn't it? He says, and I said this last week as well, that if you add that to hindsight, hindsight always gives you the right answers. There will all of us in church this morning will look back on situations in our life and say, I wish I had done that differently because hindsight, reflection, perspective always gives you the right answer, doesn't it? It always gives you the right answer. There's something you've done and you've thought, I wish I hadn't have done that. Uh, I wish I had done that differently. Uh, and so therefore David presents his experience to Solomon. He says, listen, these are some of the mistakes that I made. Uh, and we can read of the mistakes and the failures that, that, that David made. And he passes them on to his son. So his son can learn the wisdom of the choices that he makes. And actually this happened to somebody else. Sometimes when you look at people or people who've gone before you and doing different things, he says you learn both from their successes but also their failures as well. You learn from the things that they have done right but the things that they have done wrong as well. I encourage people at times because when we make mistakes, it says we all make mistakes to do this, to own your mistakes. I did this wrong. I got this wrong. So therefore, I'm not perfect for a start as none of us are, but we own our mistakes. And when David does that, he says he shares this with Solomon because he wants Solomon to understand, to value the wisdom that he needs in life above all other things. And even though Solomon tragically turned away 
from this towards the end of his life. David still did the right thing at the beginning when he gives him this advice and says to him, above all else, David, above all else, Solomon, he says, get wisdom, get this, this is the thing that you need. As we read already, the Proverbs 9, 10 says, a fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. See, the revelation of God's word brings knowledge to a person, but application of that knowledge is wisdom as it transforms our lives. It says, I, I can show you and talk to you about all the knowledge of God's word, fascinate you with deep theology and wonderful doctrine and stuff, but if all it is is knowledge, it says it's fairly pointless, because the knowledge is only of any value or worth when it becomes wisdom that is applicable to our lives. So when we read something like, do not forget wisdom, do not forsake wisdom, it says we actually put it into practice in our lives. And, and really that's what it's really saying there in, in that passage of fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And this is a real fear, the sense of awe and reverence. It honors God as he really is. Holy, just, and creator of all. It's not as caring in fear. It, it, it's, a, it's almost like a healthy kind of fear because it's a beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of something that we need in our lives, in the situations and the circumstances that we face. Somebody described it as this, and that godly wisdom trades earthly values for biblical values. How true is that? We are living according to godly principles, which in turn leads to a godly perspective. You will only have a biblical perspective if you are in the Bible, if you are reading it for its biblical values, for the stuff that changes your life and gives you the wisdom, the godly wisdom trades earthly values for biblical values. And so here it's the ability to act according to a truthful, godly perspective. And see, we do not forget and we do not forsake. And that's the encouragement that David is giving here uh, to Solomon. He says, he says, if you love wisdom and pursue it, you will be rewarded and kept safe. He wanted him to love and honor and value wisdom. And I don't know whether it's, uh, he personifies wisdom uh, uh, as a woman. Because we all know women are far wiser than men, don't we? We all know that, don't we? It says, yes, there's quite a few nodding their head there, it says. It says, but he personifies this as, because, but I think he does it because it's a compliment. He says he wants him to understand that actually this is the accompaniment that you need, the accomplice that you need in your life. That keep wisdom, wear wisdom, you know, have it in your life. He says keep it by your side. He says cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and, and she will honour you. And he uses that as a description for what Solomon needs in his life and as I encourage you today as I encourage me today as I read this I thought to myself you know what you need above all else is wisdom and there's a New Testament thought in James 1 verse 5 that follows on from this and this is a great uh, description of the prayer that we can have he writes if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you I thought what a tremendous promise that is for, for all of us. 
that actually when we face circumstances and situations, and particularly here it's written in the context of trials and troubles, the promise is made, it says, listen, if you lack wisdom in the middle of what you're going through, in the middle of what's happening, it says you should ask God, does he answer? Well, the next bit tells us, doesn't he? It says, who gives generously to all without finding fault. He doesn't point the finger and say, you should know this by now, or we've been here before, or he doesn't use any of those terms that we would possibly use. God just simply says he gives generously and without finding fault, and the promise here, it will be given to you. What will be given? Wisdom. Wisdom for the trials and the troubles and the difficulties that we're going through. Wisdom, uh, trials will always challenge us to seek wisdom from God. We simply don't often always know what to do. Uh, we need wisdom in the midst of our time of difficulty. Uh, once in a time of trial, and I learned, a very, I learned this very early on in my Christian life, when you're in the middle of a trial, our prayer often is, Lord, Lord, deliver me. Lord, take me out of this trouble. And I remember somebody preaching a different perspective when they said, listen, when you're in the middle of a trial, make your prayer, not Lord, deliver me, but Lord, what are you teaching me? Lord, what are you showing me? What is it? How are you helping me to grow through this? Just a different prayer that somebody prays in the middle of the trial. That's something God wants to do by faith. And often we grow in our faith by the trials that we face. You see, in trials, we need wisdom a lot more than we need knowledge. Knowledge is information, but wisdom knows how to use it. Wisdom knows how to apply it to our lives and knows what we have to do. And so we do not forget wisdom this morning. We do not forsake it. That promise is there that God gives. And I don't know every situation of every person in church this morning, but I do know this. There will be some that are facing trials. There will be some that will be uncertain of decisions that they have to make. He says, listen, this promise that comes through God's word, if you lack any wisdom in the midst of those trials, listen, ask God. He gives generously, without finding fault, without pointing the finger. And he says, it will be given to you this morning. That's the answer to prayer from God's word today concerning wisdom. Let us take a moment to pray before the worship team come and lead us. Father, we thank you today. Father, your word always has something to teach us. And Father, we know here that we're not to forsake wisdom and we're not to forget wisdom. As a matter of fact, we're to pursue it and seek it. And once attained it, we need to keep it. For we know, Lord, there are many trials, difficulties and choices that we have to make in life. And we need your wisdom. But we know your wisdom is based on the knowledge of your word. And Father, that's a prayer that we pray today father god let us be uh, let us acquire that today let us attain that today father god the father for those going through trials if they feel they lack the wisdom to know what decision to make father would you give them the wisdom today father the promise of your word is stated that, that you will give it to us and we pray that prayer today knowing that you hear us and you will answer us by faith. And we just thank you for that today. So we pray for those people this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.